The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really excited to bring back recent guests to talk about HIM 16. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Phil Stravers, partner with ICE Technologies. That's ICE Technologies. Phil, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Joe. Great to be with you. Well, thanks to come back so soon. HIMSS is so important to both of us and to that healthcare IT community. We really wanted to shine a light on the things that you have planned for HIMSS. But before we begin our discussion, could you take a few seconds and remind the audience about you and your background? Sure. So I've been working in the technology industry for a little over 25 years, the last 21 or almost 22 years now, working at ICE, specifically in healthcare IT. And over that time, I've had the pleasure really to act as CIO and IT director for a number of rural and community hospitals, as well as a number of outpatient service organizations. And 2003, my business partner, Keith Van Donsler, and I purchased the company from the previous owner, which is when ICE became really 100% focused on community health. So I am just extremely passionate about how IT and healthcare can come together to affect positive change. And I'm a diehard Cubs fan, <laughs> and, which has historically been a labor of love, but we're hoping this year will be just love. And, you know, I've done a little coaching, and my favorite part of coaching is actually a concept that I've stolen from Coach Shashevsky, and I just love finding the heart of a team. And the head game for me is always way more fun than the technical stuff. And even though I don't really mind the technical, I love learning new things. But, you know, figuring out what makes people tick and how that works is just a real passion of mine. And that's been one of the most fun things in healthcare. Well, Phil, thank you so much for sharing that. Offline, I want to share a little bit about my background because I've actually done both athletic coaching and career coaching. And it, you're right. It's fun to implement technology and help our clients, but it's way more fun to find that heart of a team and really do great things at a client site because your team is yeah. just high performing. Right Tell us about the team at ICE Technologies. What do you guys do for your clients specifically? We've been in business since 1990, and our mission is to help healthcare providers improve lives through practical IT solutions. And probably a key word there is practical, being in the rural and community healthcare settings, that has to be at the heart of what we do. And one of our core values really is to treat our customers' money as if it were our own. And I should mention our corporate headquarters are in Pella, Iowa, and Pella is a community of about 12,000 people with a Dutch heritage. And the Dutch are kind of known for being very stewardly with their money. And I think that's something that's carried over into the culture of our company. And we often refer to ourselves as the BASF of healthcare IT. We don't make the stuff, we just make it work better. So our goal is really to take industry best practice 
that is proven and then tailor that and create disciplines into a repeatable model that work in that community healthcare space. So Great. that's that's really what we're all about. Well, Phil, pitchers and catchers are going to report about a week and a half before you and I are going to report to Las Vegas yeah. for HIMS 16. Yeah. What are you looking to accomplish at HIMS 16? At HIMS, every year we send a group of our team and have done so for quite a while. And we really find it to be an event that gives us a good look into the future from both a regulatory and a health IT strategy perspective. And the other thing for us, we often say that if you were to be able to fly over that huge exhibit floor and survey all the technology that exists, well, somebody's got to make sense of all that stuff for the community healthcare organization. And that's a responsibility that we kind of take on at Hims. So in some respects, we're probably attending on behalf of some of our customers we encourage customers to go, so I'm not trying to say that we're going to go and so that they don't have to, but we go not only to educate ourselves and to meet with clients and vendors, but to also to update our knowledge of trends, regulatory climate. And then as we do that, we're really deliberate in our efforts to apply a community healthcare filter to everything we hear and see. So, you know, we'll do some daily debriefs over dinner where we share what we saw and heard and then discuss how it applies to our clients. And then we don't usually exhibit, but this year we'll be doing a single meet and greet event at Margaritaville on the 1st of March in the evening. And that's really an invitation-only event where we bring some of our clients together just to network at the show. Great. And those events turn out to be, I feel like, some of the most special times with your customers because both your guards are down. Generally, you're pretty tired yeah. after a day on the floor. And you can have a real good personal conversation and really find out what's really keeping them up at night, bugging them, mm-hmm. what technologies they're looking for. And it can help guide your agenda for the next couple of days at him. So I know that'll That's be a great absolutely event. true. That's really the intent of that kind of event, too, is keep it very laid back. We're not doing any formal presentations or anything like that. It's really just the time to connect on a level you we can't always you bet well you have any kind of social presence at the show anything people can keep up with as the show goes on yeah normally we do some blogging prior to the show and some respects promote the event because we really do see it as a valuable educational experience for clients so last year we also provided a sort of hymn survival guide for the community hospital it rep And I'm guessing we'll pull that out again and tune that up this year. But during the show, we'll be posting some tidbits via Twitter. We'll probably, and I imagine that stuff will show up on Facebook and LinkedIn. But then we've also, we're going to be guest blogging on the HL7 blog. You know, we might do things like snap a picture of uh, something we saw on the trade show floor and then add some commentary, or it might be a full-blown blog post or maybe even a video blog if we find some appropriate content. And then we'll try to continue that content for a few weeks following the show as our team completes their notes and the write-ups of the things that they learn. So as I mentioned before, our goal is not just to echo the content of the show, but to talk about how it applies in the community healthcare setting. So that's why it often a lot of our good nuggets will actually start to show up after the show as well. 
Absolutely. I was beginning to get a little jealous about that conversations you were having over dinner, because that's really where the, to me, the real goal that hymns comes in is when people are sharing what they're seeing and you're going back and forth because everybody gets to see a little different perspective and knowing that you're going to blog about that stuff really makes me excited and we'll be looking forward to consuming that. You mentioned you're bringing a team about how many folks from ICE are coming and do you have different roles? Are they looking for different things? Yes, we'll have varies from year to year, but I think this year we'll probably have eight or so of our consultants there, but sometimes we've had as many as 15 or more. And the types of folks that we have there, so we have our IT leadership group usually attends each year and or at least some good representation of that group. And, and those are our people that would act as interim CIOs, might be conducting IT function assessments and helping establish IT strategy for organizations. So that team is always there represented well. And then we've got a technical architect or two who are chief designers, if you will, for us on more of the pure infrastructure side where they're looking at new technologies, spending a fair amount of time on the show floor where they may have some targeted vendors that they're meeting with to advance new projects and what have you. And then beyond that, we have security officers. We do what we call virtual security officer service. So those folks that play that role are often at the show as well to try to get some input and feedback. And then Keith and I try to always be available at the show as well as our director of client services is usually there just to be available to those clients for those client events and probably also interact with vendors. Perfect. Going to do a little rapid fire round, kind of personal things about hymns. Just wanted to get your feeling. What are the topics you were personally most interested in learning about at this year's hymns? There's several things, but usually CMS has a policy update. You kind of know when it's a year when a big announcement will be coming. And I'll be honest with you, up until the announcement at the JP Morgan summit from Slavit, I didn't really expect anything too major. Like, Back in 2009, when they were talking about meaningful use, that was a pretty big announcement. But I I am expecting that we're going to kind of see the transition of some information on the transition of meaningful use and macro. And so we'll be taking a look at that, just digesting that. The keynotes are usually fantastic, even if their topics sometimes are only loosely connected to health IT. There's almost always some good nuggets there, so I always look forward to those. And I can remember when uh, Biz Stone the co-founder of Twitter presented, and you could almost see the light bulbs above people's heads at that event. That was back, I think, in 2010 or 11. I don't remember which. But people's heads were like, you could see the light bulbs popping up about the potential of big data when he was talking. And so it's totally unrelated to healthcare, but I can just remember that distinctly being a kind of a light bulb moment for the crowd. And it, it's interesting when you're sitting in a sea of 25,000 or 30,000 people and they're all kind of having this realization moment at once. That was pretty fun. And then in 2011, Michael J. Fox was there. He gave this powerful message about the value of doing the hard things right at a time where I think everybody was just like, this meaningful use thing is going to kill us. And I remember he related a story about a a gal who said, he's talking about some gal out in the bush in Africa or something that had a baby in a tree. And he said, a lady had a baby in a tree. What have you done? You know, (laughs) I just remember that being a great challenge for the group. So 
And then we usually try to follow some of the leadership tracks or what they call views from the top. We spend a fair amount of time before and during the show identifying some key vendors on the floor that we connect with. And sometimes we're just reconnecting with a vendor or supplier we've worked with for a long time just to see the latest and greatest. And other times we're actually looking for something new. And then we also eat a lot of food. I wish I could say I never miss a workout, but that would be a lie. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure if I miss lunch, it was a good thing because dinner is usually this extravagant event. So Great. we always say you should never eat for free. If you're a healthcare provider, you should never eat for free at Hems. <laughs> exactly. Or well, never, and never, never pay, pay for eat. lunch. I That's should right. say. That's right. Sorry. Phil, what advice can you give to someone attending HIMSS that you've learned over the years that just make it a better conference? Yeah, so the major thing, if someone has never been, the number one thing that I would tell them is your time spent planning prior to the event is way more important to your results or the benefit gained than probably what you do at the event. Because if you were to show up and not have gone through the agenda and work through your preferences, you would be so overwhelmed, you might actually not get much benefit from it because it's such a massive venue. There's so much content in so many different categories. It's really important that you go into it with a plan. So one of the things that I do always is I build a spreadsheet ahead of time by day, and I go through the agenda and begin to identify the various education events that I want to make sure I see and then based on those events, then I can figure out where my gaps are for show floor time. And I just build a schedule for myself. Now, Hims has a way of doing that online, too, which I would certainly encourage people to use. But uh, that's what's worked for me. The other thing that I would say, if you hadn't been to Hims before, it's really important that you do the show floor in a couple of ways. If you're trying to learn or get a perspective on how big the industry is and maybe you just learn about, oh, I didn't know there were 14 medical cart vendors. You know, I thought there were only three. The best strategy that I've seen for someone who's new, start out on the show floor just kind of walking around and observing the various vendors and getting a sense for stopping at a few that you don't know and just ask them what they do. But spend an hour or two just walking the floor and getting a sense for the vastness of this industry. And then, again, in your preparation, then begin to target. One of the things I think people miss out on when they just go to targeted vendors on the trade show floors, they miss the opportunity to kind of expand their horizons. So those are probably two tips that I would suggest. Those are great, Phil. Um, the last thing that I would say is if you aren't planning to piggyback on vendor dinners, you should. So pay attention to some of those emails in your inbox because it's a great way to eat for free and you probably learn something in the process. Yeah, the opportunities for networking at those places where you have no idea who you're going to talk to are just mm -hmm. unimaginable. Yeah. Phil, what have I missed about your plans for hymns? What else would you like to share? I was thinking about just this year in particular. Michael Dell and Peyton Manning are kind of interesting and curious picks for keynotes. I think people should assume that Peyton is going to be doing some sharing of stories from his neck injury. So I think it might be interesting to get his view on healthcare. When they bring in folks like him, I remember when they brought Dana Carvey in and he was sharing his, I think he had heart issues and was sharing his story there. It wasn't all flattering for healthcare. 
I think it's always good to get those real-world perspectives from even big stars where you go, oh, man, it can happen to them too. You think about somebody like Dana Carvey, who was a huge star at the time he was having these heart issues, and to think that he had some major issues with his care delivery. How could they miss on that guy, right? Right. But he shared some real stories that everybody in the room could relate to. And just, again, it was a motivator that these are problems we can solve. So I think those keynotes are always important. The other thing that I see this year that might be a real good thing to dive into is this concept of the Internet of Things and artificial intelligence and how that's potentially going to change healthcare in the future. So there's some good topics on the Internet of Things and this concept of connected health that I think are really good. But beyond that, Vegas is a really fun place for hymns, even though the venue is kind of tight at the Sands. The food is dreadfully expensive, so don't believe the myth that when you get to Vegas, all the food is free, because it's usually not. And this might be a negative and a positive, but a typical of hymns event involves like a ton of walking. But Vegas is like the typical hymns times two, because you walk during the show, and then you walk a whole lot more after. Right. So your Fitbit is happy halfway through the day at this show. So like I say, I'm not sure if that's a positive or a negative. <laughs> It'll be a positive the first day, but if you're there for three days, you'll be probably dragging a little bit on the third day. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Phil, as we wrap it up here, remind people where they can go to learn more about ICE Technologies. Sure. You can always find us at icetechnologies.com and just go to the blog link on our page there. And then, of course, during hymns that week, if you follow us on the HL7 Standards blog, you'll be able to pick up some content there as well. With you. Phil, it's so great to have you. Thanks for returning on short notice. I really wanted to get some of your exciting plans for hymns and advice for hymns out there. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity and look forward to connecting maybe at the show if you're there. Absolutely. We'll definitely do that. And for now, that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Phil Stravers, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.